Hello and welcome to Bedroom. Uh, today I'm going to read a story for you. And this story is called The Witch and Her Friend. It had been a great honour for me to earn money as a child. Something to boast about in school. That's what adults did and as I began to be paid to walk mine and my neighbour's dog, I was generally filled up with excitement. It had been a simple idea. Mother decided I would walk our dog Myra alongside the neighbour Mrs. Carve's dog Bruno. I got five pounds per week for the walks. Well, you see I had no interest in talking like mother did, so earning some pocket money after school suited me well. The dogs were a spaniel, Bruno, and a Labrador, Myra, though at the time I didn't really understand breeds. I'd walk the dogs every day after school through Headley Common, and would afterwards buy a Curly Whirly or some Pokemon cards maybe. I was sort of a tomboy. It had been so for around three weeks before something changed. On my walks, I had noticed a lady wearing a pointed fluffy hat, which was embroidered with pink bristles and lichen mosses. The lady was always around animals which were never on leashes. She often talked to Myra and Bruno. I would see her on the far side of the heath, between the gorse-lined river and the bogged woodland. Most people avoided these bogs and gorse on account of the soaked ground and thorns. Had I not loved the dogs who ran after the squirrels and badgers there, I would have avoided the lady's far side of the heath. Well, she would say hello or smile to me and the dogs on our walks, just as other walkers in our small town did. Often the dogs ran to her, and one day, whilst gasping after them, I noticed a man holding her hand. He wore a bright and orange-yellow Adidas tracksuit. She was called Sheena Brown, and her friend was Oliver Broger. Hello, darling, you're here again today. Yes, I said, eyes fixed upon her face which was pale and smooth. This is Oliver, and I am Sheena. That's Mr. Broger to you, girl. Only then, after introductions, did I really look at Mr. Oliver Broger. He had large square teeth, and limped as he walked. His eyes seemed watery and his skin so slimy and scaly I wanted to touch it, curious at his grossness as well as his bold orange and yellow colours. Here's a fine Labrador, he croaked energetically, whilst I took in his smell and Sheena's long radiant blonde hair. He inspected Myra and Bruno, hitting and smacking about their legs and furs. He behaved with them like horses bought and sold for the Newbury races. He upset me. After that, I hurried on home, Sheena's warm smile and blonde hair in my mind as I raced back. The next day, I found myself walking around Headley Common and trampling the grass and muck about there. Almost nothing stirred on the heath that day. After school, it was raining heavily. I walked by the old oak, past the rugby pitches, and alongside the small Headley River towards the far side of the heath all the while noticing nothing but the thick, dark thunder clouds and pelting rain. Just by the river's end, the dogs began to bark. The river on one side, thick gorse and woods on the other, I couldn't see at what they barked. Their heads raised, the dogs stood tall, yelling into the thicket. Amongst the barking, I noticed a trickle of blood from Myra's paw. It bled as I knelt down to attend to the thorn. I tore and pulled at the thorn, unable to remove it. Still, she fiercely barked. A thunder rumbled, and the dogs bolted through the gorse thicket and were gone. 
I chased after and after them, at first excited by the chase. I did not stop until I found Bruno, though Myra was nowhere to be seen. Pushing around a bowl of chicken stew with my spoon, my thoughts were on the dogs. A few hours had passed, and scared of admitting what had happened, I had avoided my mother. Darling, eat your soup. Why aren't you eating? implored my mother. We cleared our plates together in the small thin kitchen, and as I dried the last plate, I thought of losing Myra. I left straight back to the woods, embarrassed by my childish tears. The Headley Heath was darker now, and as my eyes adjusted to the dark blues and blacks of the night, all I could make out were silhouettes from the trees. Myra ran away in the woods, and so there I had to head. Trudging in mud and wet grass, I walked forward, not sure what I would find. As I approached the edge of the woods, I noticed some light and gentle crackling. It was the orange sort of light which came from a fire. I slowly crept towards it. I could make out the outline of a woman and a man in orange and yellow. She wore a hat with pink crystals on it and had smears of blood on her which covered the man beside her also. Hidden between a gnarled oak tree and some leaves, I watched them by the fire my teeth chattering in the cold, wet air. Watching through my breath, I saw her raise her arms and place items into a large pan, talking as she did so. At first, I could not hear the words she spoke, but slowly her voice grew louder and louder. Suddenly the man was gone. Sheena then closed her eyes and began chanting. Burn the fire! Throw yourself down on the floor like a dog! Burn the fire! Stick your hands into the green and black slime. Burn the fire. Smash blood and hex upon all evil things. She waited and waited. Birds and crickets slowly chirped away, and the forest itself seemed to moan as if under great duress. I noticed a dog by her feet, nuzzling and rolling up to sit with her as she chanted. Beside the dog was a distressed horse with a bag over its eyes, neighing and moving in high pitch, as it pulled on its tied-down reins. The dog was on a lead. It was Myra. Sheena opened her eyes. Aiden. I felt the grip of two warm, leathery hands round my neck. Shocked by the deep voice of my attacker, a bag was wrenched over my head as I shook and fought back. Warm breath coursed over my back from where the hands had come. These hands squished and oozed all over my neck, and before I knew it, I had a sack around my whole body and was tied up. I squirmed and threw my arms around, but to no avail. Soon some time had passed and I heard some speaking. I've brought you a nosy one, said the deep voice. Sheena spoke. Thank you for remembering the bag, Oliver. It helps keep them calm. Sat there in the sack for a while, I heard birds singing in the dark, badgers scuttling around. Through the bag's opening, I saw foxes behind the fire, looking at me. I had given up struggling, slumped on my bum, I lay there. Whilst the dog, Myra, came up to me, excitedly sniffing and looking at me in my bag, struggling against her leash. Unknown to me, my mother had realised I was gone. She would rush to my room and notice Bruno lying by the fire. She had asked Mrs. Carve whether she had seen me. She hasn't come back! Oh, the poor darling. My disappearance was enough to allow my mother to chuck her radio times crossword, and so alongside Mrs. Calf, she was off to look for me. 
Soon the chanting came louder and I felt blood on my face. Slow pulses of sticky blood flushing down my nose and cheeks. I heard Sheena move towards me. She opened up the sack I was in. Goodness! Young lady, what are you doing in this bag? My dog Myra, I said. Myra wagging her tail and sniffling at me. Ah, Myra. I was just treating her paw. And she turned to the fire and bade me sit and took out a curved blade. Sitting perfectly still, I watched her ease the curve of the tool around the roots of one of the many gnarled oak trees that made up these parts of the woods. She cut this root, and having walked over to me, licked the smeared blood off my face, spitting it into a boiling pan on the fire. She then raised her arms and sang. This singing didn't make sense to me. It was gibberish, but when she was finished, Myra had been set loose. The horse had ridden off, and my wounds were gone. Now, Elizabeth, she said to me, who did this? I nodded, unable to speak, only the slimy hands and orangey tracksuit in my mind. Sheena, having placed the bubbling pot aside, sat down by her fire. Looking into the flames, we watched as animals took shape, coming and going between that night's gusting wind. From turquoise red to brown and orange, the flames changed colour as the squirrels and owls and deer took shapes in the fire. We could see Bruno barking with my mother and Mrs. Carvin Toe. The pair stalked across the low-cut grass of the heath shouting, observing the thunderous darkness as we could see them through the flames. We watched, and as the flames slowly flickered and my mother's image went, Oliver Broger appeared, walking towards us in the flames. We will talk to him, Sheena said. As she now stood, holding me behind her, the flames weakened and went out with a hiss. In his orangey tracksuit and a fur-skinned hat, he walked through the fire's ashes, smiling. Do you like what I brought you, Sheena? Isn't she the sweetest of all animals? Oliver, she is a child. And with this, she spat on her wrist where some of my blood remained, licked it again and bloodied her knife. She whispered to herself and then took a step towards Oliver. As the knife plunged into his heart and our two bloods mixed, a green light appeared. And before I knew it, I saw a toad in front of me where Oliver had been. Sheena walked towards the toad. Now Oliver, the animals you bring to me are to be healed, not hurt. She was crying. Tears made her face wet. You hurt this girl. You hurt her and created pain where it did not belong. So I have taken this pain from her and her dog, and have returned it to its owner, you. Kissing the toad, kneeling down on her knees in front of me, all the while the toad croaked as she said these words. As she cried in this manner, I simply watched on wanting to comfort Sheena, but not knowing how to. After a while, I simply went over to her and hugged onto her warm and wet hair as she lay slumped on the ground. Her body was soft, and she was holding the toad. Suddenly, I heard barking. This was followed by shouts. I could make out the voice of my mother and Mrs. Calf. Presumably, they had Bruno there to help them find me. Slowly, the lights of a white torch broke through the trees as the two women came closer. And as my mother just broke through a gorse hedge to the clearing where I lay, holding Sheena, 
I heard a puff. Elizabeth, you're safe. Oh, I was so worried. And there you are, Myra. As my mother and Mrs. Carve hugged me tightly and calmed themselves, I simply held on to an ugly toad and a frog which now lay in my hands. The toad ugly, whilst the frog was amazing in a small pointed hat with pink crystals on it. I begged to take these two frogs home, but mother wouldn't let me. And so that was where I set Sheena and Mr. Broger free, never to see them again.